Hello everyone and welcome to this brand new edition of my uh, podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me Sunanda Vashisht. How are you doing Sunanda? Good. How are you Adit? Uh doing good. Uh surviving after yet another newsy week. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're very pleased to have uh, uh, introduce our new guest on the podcast making his debut this week on Mind Podcast is uh, Ram Prasad. He's an uh, author, he's a columnist, he's written uh, uh pieces on various portals uh very active on social media and someone whose inputs and takes i always um, look forward to knowing so welcome to mind podcast ram prasad yeah hi uh great to be here looking forward to the conversation oh absolutely so <clears throat> a uh, lot of things happened this week as you know about uh, about the rajya sabha elections in india the cambridge analytica issue in that was one issue that uh, in united states and it had its repercussions in india as well and in um, england in europe uh, this morning i think um, in united kingdom there were full page ads apology ads by zuckerberg saying we don't deserve if we cannot keep your data safe then we don't deserve to have your data full page ads running in um england as well today mm-hmm. so this is a huge scandal but it is something that was going to happen Absolutely. when it was when it broke the news broke and i was like this was something that was ready to happen it uh-huh. was there in the world so, and, and we were to, just not yeah, seeing just it. to introduce the other topics also we have the andhra issue where amit shah wrote a letter and then chandrababu naidu gave like a two hour response in his assembly and uh, so ram prasad has written a fascinating piece on the andhra politics as well so we'll come to him definitely for insights on that but i think why don't we start with the um, cambridge analytica thing so uh, uh, before i come to you sunanda to give you a brief overview and then we'll go to ramprasad for a stake on it uh, you know this is where aaron sorkin's writing again comes to 16 years ago on west wing there was a conversation between martin sheen and rob low where he said where rob low's character was saying the next big thing is data 16 years ago or 15 years ago and it has aged i mean that whole show is so applicable right now as well data is the new oil yeah so um so sunanda so why don't you give a brief background of what happened and then we'll take no the news just broke that cambridge analytica so there are multiple uh, you know issues to this one problem one scandal so one is that cambridge analytica has this <coughs> big data analytics company big data guzzler gets data from everywhere and they analyze it for political parties trump is known to have used cambridge analytica Mm. and many other people have known to use cambridge analytica so they just you know sort of um, look at the online behavior of people and somehow do their uh, you know campaigning mm-hmm. or whatever according to that mm. all that is fine you cannot change that but now it also came across that they a lot of this um, data was given by zuckerberg by uh, facebook to them so all of these third party settings third party um, uh, you know those uh, programs that you have something like other uh, given your thing and i will tell you which actor you look like yeah. or given us tell us your five things yeah, what yeah, you yeah. look like so all those nonsensical things that go around and people mm. get used to that so apparently all that is data fishing all that right. is knowing your behavioral who you are what you are doing and somehow all that data is very useful to these companies like cambridge analytica who are then using it and manufacturing stuff or manufacturing narrative one of this thing it was brexit that um, a lot of stuff had been manufactured there you know this is how the narrative is and this is how the narrative was shaping up so all this is surreal to me at the moment to everyone that how is this online um data uh, manipulation actually working on the real thing so is this data is facebook data whatever you see on facebook actually uh influencing the presidential election or how mm. all of this is very murky details right now but as of now the only thing that can be said that our data is not safe mm. and that facebook actually apologized mark zuckerberg came yes, and apologized. apologized so uh, ram to get you in what are your thoughts about this initial thoughts and what what conclusions have you kind of come to primitive conclusions based on this yeah i think there are three angles to this right so one is the ethical angle uh two is the angle of trust and three is the uh, legal angle now micro targeting is nothing new right so 
A lot of people do it. Consumer marketing does it all the time. Uh, so it's just that you have a lot more granular data about someone and that someone is being targeted with a very specific message. Yeah. That in itself is not problematic, provided there is no element of trust breach where uh, people assume Facebook to be a platform uh, where they share a lot of data mm. without necessarily knowing how that is being used. Mm. And in this case, there is an angle where people think that there is a breach of data. Yeah. So that's the trust aspect, right? So that mm -hmm. ties up with Facebook. Mm. The other bit is the ethical angle where I am releasing a lot of messages into the bloodstream of internet as one of the senior management, you know, of Cambridge Analytica talks about mm. is without identifying who the source is, I'm letting out a lot of information. Mm. Uh, some of that is, in fact, misinformation where this guy says, you know, yeah, it can't be true. It just needs to be built, believed to be true. Mm. The third bit is the legal angle where these guys are using, you know, uh, sex workers, honey trapping, and the other bit is about using subcontractors, uh, you know, as a way of influencing elections. So if today somebody actively denies, uh, you know, contracting Cambridge Analytica directly, they may be factually right. Mm. But if they are being used as subcontractors, there are ethical or legal boundaries involved here. So I think there are multiple uh, angles like, you know, Sunanda says to the story. Mm. Uh, but I think part of the problem is also because we do not have clear norms and laws. So mm. We don't know. I mean, and, 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 so and they are not on a global level. A country might have that, but the same might not be illegal in another country. So yeah, exactly. So, so and I think they're all watching, right? So there is a correct. video from the Singapore uh, Parliament that's gone viral where uh, they are kind of taking off on Facebook, saying they have heard. Facebook deposing in multiple countries and they're using what they said in UK Parliament uh, and questioning, you know, their credibility. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Except that we know in uh, Kenya, mm. Cambridge Analytica hasn't covered itself in glory. That news also came that it interfered in the elections. And because uh, there were uh, reports that Congress Party under Rahul Gandhi is also using Cambridge Analytica. So there is a lot of um, distrust no, and yeah, lot of I'm worry. I'm going to the Indian in angle. Yeah, in soon, I, I, but, that's why I didn't but, get to the yeah, Indian angle. I just, Kenya, I wanted to bring there. Yeah, but another thing also, and I, you and Ram both might be aware of this, Channel 4, the British yeah. uh, uh, public service broadcaster. They are the ones. Yeah, did an yeah. investigative piece on Cambridge Analytica posing uh, to be, I think, That's somebody how who... Broke. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But no, because he was talking about honey traps and mm. stuff, and basically how it was, was that on record, they said something about hiring Ukrainian... Uh, it was very funny to, that Channel 4 was doing a, um, uh, you know... A, under, uh, investigative report. Investigative reporting. So Cambridge Analytica guy did not know that he was being uh, filmed. filmed. And he was actually telling him how to secretly film, while not knowing that he was getting filmed. Yeah, and, and then... this is completely... And, and then, and then yeah. since then, I think Cambridge has said that uh, this has been chopped and cut and we've yeah. been misrepresented. So I don't know, has Channel 4 put out the whole un unedited version of the video as well? Yes, yes. Okay, they, they, have have, completely, right? uh, they have nothing to hide and they are yeah. saying that this is the way they have been interfering or manipulating. Manipulating these things. So that's that's the whole yeah, issue. Uh, well, yeah. She mm -hmm. was spinning it as saying that, you know, we were trying to understand if this client is honest so we were putting all these possibilities on the table and uh, if they picked up some of these options that would tell us these points are, mm. uh, you know, not right, then we would, I mean, that spin doesn't work. I think mm. it's ironical rather that mm. they got caught in their own spin, the CEO got, uh, uh, got sacked. Mm. Uh, so I think they're going to be in a lot of trouble in a lot of countries. Yeah. Right? On, a, so, on a lighter note, this yeah, is the, yeah. isn't this the leading the source argument? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm not drawing any inferences anywhere. But in the 
the larger context, I just want to bring this to your attention and to and, Ram's attention yeah. as well. This is completely new frontier for us. This whole data and usage of data and Facebook has more people on it than any country at the moment, isn't it? Than so, most countries. Than most countries. Then how is this <coughs> one person who has access to so much data? That's what I tweeted this morning. There is this one man who has access to with WhatsApp and Facebook with one man owning that. There is access to so much data. What are the checks and balances? Uh, Do we know that yet? We don't because this is completely new frontier for Zuckerberg himself and for us and for the whole world. So should, can one man be trusted with so much data? I, that's that's a that's a big question, right? But then overall, <clears throat> the question of privacy is also. And it's not legal. about no no. It's not about how much does Google know about you? More than yeah, probably my um, Google knows my schedule more than my spouse does. Yeah yeah absolutely. So and uh, in some cases, the Google knows more about that individual person than that. I mean, there could be ten thousand ten thousand search things that X Y Z might be doing there that their spouse or not their family mm-hmm. knows. Yeah. So it's you know the deepest sort of things and all that. But the real problem is. How can this data be used or misused, right, going forward uh, by people? And then um, what Ram was saying, that it's not that X is dealing with Y. X Mm. is dealing with Y through another A, like subcontractors and that. And that's when you have more people going in. See, I, for the longest time, and after this, Ram can come in. For the longest time, I used to argue, said, what does it matter if uh, Google knows where I'm going, where my work is, how long it takes me to get to work, and what time I get back? How does it matter to me? What does it matter to me? For the longest time, I used Mm. to be saying that. doesn't matter. You guys are just being crazily anal about it. What does it matter? But now... With last these things coming up, I'm just understanding that how data can be used. I had not realized how data in its entirety can be used. So now, you know, putting me along with 100 other people, I can be used to be, you know, just source given some data, given some thing which I probably don't have, you know, and don't have access to any other uh, stuff. So that's the problem there. Oh, absolutely. So uh, Ram, your thoughts on it and then we'll go to the Rajya Sabha thing. And, and and actually before that, Cambridge Analytica in India. So your thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think for the longest time we have fed this belief that, you know, we are rational actors, that we have perfect control on our decision making, you know, exactly what's going in, yeah. you know, on in our heads. And that there is something called free will. Mm. Now, a lot of studies now question many of these assumptions that Mm. we really don't know what's happening in our head. We are not in control of our decisions. Most of the time, we are rationalizing not rational people. Now, with all this data, what happens is that somebody can actually predict my behavior better than myself. True. Mm. Uh, And it's an interesting predicament. So... I, I may not know what I'm doing, but if I look at all, somebody has all the data points, unsophisticated technology and the algorithms to kind of predict mm-hmm. what I'm going to do, one might argue that, you know, this kind of can lead to a dangerous precedent. But I think uh, I have to make a point here. So this entire thing of influencing somebody, right? So you can do it in two ways. Mm-hmm. Either I can do it from the shadows without telling people I'm influencing someone. Mm. Or I can actually be transparent. And now there are studies, mm. particularly in public good and policy, right? Because this is a gray area or this is a contentious issue on the policy front, at least in the world that I come from on behavioral science and mm. behavioral economics. So there's a lot of questions on whether it's a nanny state, you know, question of ethics. So somebody went and studied, uh, mounted a lot of studies rather to try and understand what happens if a policymaker is transparent telling someone that he's getting influenced, mm. right? So what happens, for example, I put out a message and I tell them that the source of this message is BJP or Congress or Democrats mm. or Republicans. And at least on the policy front, it was shown that this messaging, uh, the impact of it doesn't go down. So the transparency doesn't actually kind of kill the message. So for people who want to use micro-targeting, you know, persuasion in a transparent ticket and an ethical way, there is still a way to do it. <laughs> but I think the real problem is that a lot of people think that, you know, the only way you can use all this data is in the wrong ways, right? So by not mm-hmm. revealing your source, 
uh, and, by using all kinds of questionable no, and what, what is happening yeah. also is it's widening the gap right like we always talk about confirmation bias that people only want to read what they subscribe to or what they like right now if your data is manufactured that you visit XYZ websites so on your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed or something you only see websites which are similar to that then it's also widening that gap where people are not you know, ready to uh, read what they think. And as far as the other companies, are, and I just use Facebook and Twitter as example, could be various other sources also. Where these other yeah, I mean, think about, yeah, think about it. The number of times you have to refute uh, all kinds of, you know, um, conspiracy theories that are yeah. sprouting on so something like a WhatsApp, right? It's, it's humanly impossible. Now yeah. I've given up on existence. You know, even I have given up on WhatsApp, yeah. Keep, yeah, so people kind of keep Posting all kinds of nonsense and, yeah. and ridiculous. There's often, you know, oftentimes a good reason to kind of believe it because it's uh, it's kind of crafted and framed that yeah. way. Yeah. And to my mind, that's the real problem, right? So you don't don't need any source. You don't need any facts. Oh. People don't have the time, patience, yeah. capacity to go and read the basics behind that story. No, no. We just have to say it. Like for example, Rahul Gandhi said that. You know, our internal security situation has worsened in this country. Most people think that this to be true because you read an actual story that happened a week yeah. ago. Nobody is actually going to look at all the historical data oh, and the data exactly have improved or not improved. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean to think about it. I mean. 2611 happened 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So I mean, if you look at even the Congress parties. Uh, from 2004 to 2014 there was this 2611 but there are 10 other small intensity attacks happened as well Adit I lived in Delhi at a time when there used to be bomb blasts happening every two months in places like uh, Sarojini Nagar and you know all these places in Delhi if you take out your newspapers you will see that there used to be bomb blasts having in the capital city of Delhi. But Low um, intensity, but happening, you know. India has, uh, touch wood, knock on wood, has improved on its social, uh, you know, uh, security. No question about that. Of course, there is, uh, there will we, are, we will always be vulnerable. But overall, yeah, the data suggests, the down, yeah. yeah. I, I think the downside of that is that people now remember more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it, uh, that's what happens. Yeah. No, not just that. Like, uh, and a smaller event. I mean, not to say compared to terrorism events, but is amplified more because there are not as many, many things going mm, yeah. on. Like most people, I, I tell you, and we can actually talk to a lot of Indians. They will not remember the serial Mumbai train blast of two thousand six. I know. They remembered nineteen ninety three and two thousand eight. But in 2006, there was a massive, massive, I remember I wrote about it in Denver Post. Yeah, Yeah. because I remember I was uh, my one of my relatives used to take one of those trains that happened and you could not get through them because the cell phone lines were down. And those three hours, I know my cousin was harrowing. I know, I know, harrowing. So um, coming, but let's moving on to the India aspect. Ravishankar Prasad has said that uh, he's, he's, you know, he uh, he is going to summon them. No, there was this, first there was this controversy that who is using Cambridge Analytica. We do have... um, Mr. Srinivasan Jain did an investigative report. Yes, yeah, he did an investigative report and we did um, so-called investigative report we did have uh, new sources where congress, them- source, yeah, <laughs> congress <laughs> themselves had said that they are using cambridge analytica somehow they said that in a previous election bjp had been using in uh, cambridge analytica or something that never got um, proven. proven and then the government has now the reports are the government has now asked cambridge analytica to reveal their clients in india we don't know where the story is after that that's where the oh. story is so, uh, Ram, how do you yeah. take your, yeah. I think one of, one of the things that was really striking to me and I tweeted about it is the, the initial days there was you know, total silence on this issue. Yeah. The whole world was going nuts on Cambridge and Yeah. And in the video, this guy talks about how he's done this in India mm. and nobody in India picked it up. None of the media houses picked it up and said, you know, what is this election that they're talking about? The noise actually started picking up after that press conference of Ravishankar Prasad. Mm. And then the entire media jumped in to say that, no, 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 BJP also used, although the dates that they had, uh, uh, I think at that point, Cambridge Analytica kind of didn't even exist. exist. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think beyond all the allegations, right, so my issue is 
uh, if I have to go on a tangent, is with our general law enforcement, you know, investigating agencies. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. they have a pretty poor track record. So I really doubt the CBI will be able to actually pinpoint, uh, you know, and figure out all the trails that, you know, whether they, they be money trails or digital kind of footprints to actually figure mm-hmm. uh, as to who used, how it was used, I think it will just be, you know, he said, she said kind of a situation. So in that sense that whoever dominates the narrative, uh, I think will come out on top. I mean, yeah, the, the, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's as much, much, much of an issue right now in India. I don't think data itself is taken that seriously or how... No, this morning there was a tweet. I don't know, Ram, if you saw that. There was a tweet by um, Rahul Gandhi saying that, you know, a very tongue-in-cheek uh, uh, tweet. I am Narendra Modi and if you go to my um, app, I will take your information and sell it to American companies. Did you saw that um, uh, tweet, uh, Ram? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was this tweet. So suddenly data is again into um, uh, this thing. But Sunanda, you are misunderstanding. You are thinking Twitter represents how the no, exactly. rest of India thinks. Yes, that's, that, that, yeah, point like, I, that point I can see. Yeah, like completely. most people when you talk to in India, they think that if we have seen a video of India, video dekli, ya, uh, wo flip card se shopping, then Facebook and Google will tell us what we need to shop and what we like. And that, that's no, no. how data Twitter is. Twitter is a giant eco chamber. Completely. No, so p- people are not thinking of your data being used in political terms as much in India as they are thinking in consumer affairs and stuff yeah. like that. Abhi bhi, that's that's the understanding that I felt yeah. in India. Okay. But what is funny is like when we talk about dominant issues of the day, yesterday I found um, more people talking about uh, this uh, chap Mukesh Ambani's son getting engaged or whatever than anything else on WhatsApp and social media. And that cool. tells you where we are going. <laughs> no, no, that's just lowest common denominator is always. No, but I'm saying that what he was saying, WhatsApp you can refute what Like, everybody wants to be the first one to yeah, break the news. Yeah. So, <laughs> Anyways, so I think uh, uh, this is an interesting point to uh, stop the discussion on this. I think on the next part, we'll talk about the Rajya Sabha elections, the bipoles, a little bit. Well, we already talked about a lot about the bipoles, but about the Rajya Sabha elections in there. And that then about the Andhra Pradesh BJP TDP. So, um, of course, when we talk about India, you cannot like uh, go be, uh, like without talking about political news of what happened in India. And this week, what dominated the news were uh, elections to the Rajya Sabha. Yes. Uh, there were elections in several states. And uh, no one better than you to, um, you know, tell us about it. The numbers. <laughs> uh, there, were some, there were elections in several states. Uh, Uttar Pradesh, Gujarat, um, Kerala, Karnataka, uh, Telangana. Uh, West Bengal, Bihar, uh, Chhattisgarh, and I think that was it. Yeah, this was massive. Next big Rajya Sabha elections are not going to happen anytime soon. Till 2020. Yeah, so this there is might big. be a few seats here and there. But this and is big. This is big. Yeah, and, and this completely altered the uh, course of the Rajya Sabha. BJP was uh, the single largest party in the Rajya Sabha, absolutely. But it has had, like, now it has neck and shoulders above everyone. It's had neck and shoulders above everyone. Uh, NDA is nearing that they are not at a simple majority yet, but with the nominated uh, members and all, it's a few seats short. Probably Probably 15-20 odd seats, 20 maybe 20 seats and it can get the, those from ADMK, BJD, support like those. So Why TDP is not supporting us? <laughs> that's part 3. That's part 3. So okay. um, and, uh, and and that's for BJP to decide. <laughs> no, but but the, ma- the major things that dominated the news this week was Uttar Pradesh. So in Uttar Pradesh out of the 10 Rajya Sabha seats going to polls, BJP I think had 1 going out and now it has 9. So it was slated to win 8 based on its strength. Yeah. Uh, and the minimum first preference votes you required for it to win was I think 38. Mm-hmm. And Samajwadi party was uh, 1. Uh, they are quoted for the Bachchan family. So which this time Jayaji represented yeah. uh, as always. <laughs> this is our third time in uh, ah, uh, Rajya Sabha. The, the real question in my mind is that in the next UP elections, will Amitabh Bachchan come with a lotus riding on a cycle on an <laughs> elephant or will he show his hand? Because the yeah, will he be just will he be Amitabh Bachchan and tweet his own selfie and says say vote for everyone? You know. Okay, Ram, I am I am not even part of this podcast right now because all the Bachchan trolls are going to come to you. <laughs> I am a ridiculous man. Like the, the they that 
family has been in a with every political party no right? but look at look at mr bachan i love mr bachan you know that but and look, so do i but look I, at his look at his twitter feed every single tweet is a picture of him even he, when he's, he doesn't even want when to accuse anyone else of hagiography because <laughs> he himself does it no even when he's talking about weather in timbuktu there is a picture of amitabh bachan on oh, it oh. <laughs> ियंसिटीडेडेंसोर्टिंग party in the bypolls they were guaranteed the 11 or 12 mlas that were left over uh, the support of congress and then the all time weather cock in up ajit singh uh, who supports everyone so what happened was that uh, naresh agarwal's son who voted with the bjp and then there was some cross voting so they did, could not get the required first preference votes and bjp had enough second preference vote for the uh, their nominee mr ajay agarwal an independent who was supported by bjp so bjp ended up winning that ninth seat so nine seats went to uh, bjp and one seat went to uh, samajwadi party, party. Of and mayawati was left high and dry high and dry zero in lok sabha zero in lok sabha now and zero in no no not none they have, have Nominees, but, but now in this in this round, this was Mayawati's old seat, by the way. Yes. That she resigned. So this was uh, so now zero in in this round zero yeah. in Rajya Sabha. So what happened in um, Bipol in Gorakhpur and Fulpur? The votes transferred from um, BSP to SP. Yeah. She was hoping the same would happen this time, and they would they would repay as in not Lok Sabha. SP tried, but the problem. No, SP didn't try because if SP wanted, they could have um, instead of uh, Jaya Bachchan, they could have had Mr. Ambedkar. Uh, uh, that's a, true they could that's have true. had um, um, akhilesh yadav could have put entire might on uh, um, mr ambedkar seat and jaya bachan could have been up for uh, jaya bachan seat could have been up for grabs why not he Amita could have bachan could have stood on that <laughs> but so. why why did he not do that so clearly he was backstabbing mayawati again hmm. again this is not anything new huh. so for all those people who think sp and bsp will work seamlessly Absolutely. together they, will not. they have to understand that fault lines i mean people keep talking about Uh, other fault lines but this one fault i mean people keep manufacturing fault lines but this one fault line that actually exists in up politics between sp and sp because they're two they have two completely different bases so these bases I'm, are not going to no, unite and I, i'm coming to ram in just a second but one one important point you had folks like raja bhaiya who is an independent guy supporting he refused to vote for mayawati yeah. so he they had to do some people were lamenting that mukhtar ansari was not allowed to vote because he was in jail man why aren't you lamenting that bsp gave a ticket to mukhtar ansari who's a thug yeah i mean that is incredible so the the, the the concept of misplaced outrage was just completely incredible and we are carrying a fascinating piece of what happened in up in 1995 in about a couple of hours in, in a couple of hours so please read that of what happened to mayawati and how selective truths are being represented but ram what are your initial thoughts on this yeah, i was rather amused by this entire sudden thing the optics of you know defeating we are ambedkar and somebody posted facts on how It was the Congress who actually backstabbed the original Ambedkar. Yeah. And, yes. And uh, as such, uh, we are also talking about a, a family which has a fake surname mm-hmm. uh, of Gandhi. So, so I think <laughs> uh, I, I think it reeks of desperation. But if you if you if you ask true true Nehruvians, they'll say, uh, no no, you have to look at this way. After Nehru defeated Ambedkar in Lok Sabha, he gave them a seat in Rajya Sabha. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, what yeah. logic is this? Yeah. And, yeah, which is uh, and, and I always uh, no, and I always tell this about Nehru. When they say Nehru was a great Democrat, I was Nehru was a great Democrat in the 50s and 60s because he had no opposition. If he had a truly yeah. opposition leader, I have no hesitation in saying yes, Hari democracy chali jati. So yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah, I think coming to the substantive part of alliance, right mm-hmm. now, if you look at some of the alliances that have stood the test of time, mm-hmm. it's because there is no severe competition at state level. For example, Akali's and BJP. So mm-hmm. BJP is not a competition to Akali in the state level, right? So even TDP BJP, in spite of all their you know ups and downs, mm-hmm. so BJP is not a threat at a state level. So mm-hmm. that's the case even in Tamil Nadu. 
But I think the thing in UP is that there can never be an equal alliance. And mm. I don't think it is, it's you know it's possible humanly for uh, for an alliance of this nature to kind of sustain simply because both of them have interest in power in the state, and there can never be a situation of you know an equal partner. So uh, there will be backstabbing. And even now you're talking about Rajya Sabha seat, one Lok Sabha seat. Moment it becomes a state level alliance, mm. you're going to have so many rebel candidates, so many mm. competing interests that they will be occupied by managing all these things. Mm. And I think it's going to be much worse when it's done at scale because they're just going to be putting down fires rather than kind of camping. Exactly. Right? Mm. So in that yeah, in that sense, it may not be such a bad uh, uh, thing, you know, from a from a BJP perspective. Uh, and and this backstabbing is, is quite common, and you see uh, you see it even in Andhra in a kind of a small scale because if there is a TDP candidate in one state, he has no interest in his alliance part in his alliance part of winning. Mm. But only if he loses can he expect that seat in the next election. So what is the incentive? <laughs> mm. So at the national level, people might have an incentive. At the local level, people have no incentive. No, and I, I, I will tell you this. Yeah. I, I don't even think the, the there will be fights for the Lok Sabha seats or the MPs. The bigger fight you're going to see in the ML in the MLA seats, where um, where you even like say there is one Lok Sabha segment which like about seven eight assembly seats. Uh, if say SP is strong in that Lok Sabha segments, it's not necessary that they are strong in all seven Lok assembly segments also. So at that point you're going to have BSP demanding some assembly segments. And now if it's like a their family thing like Sefai or Azamgarh or something, they are not going to allow people to um, uh, go there. So there's going to be that fight. And then we've already seen what a Nitish Kumar, Lalu Prasad, Yadav, I mean, it lasted, alliance lasted, lasted for two years. Of course, the um, excuse that it was given was corruption. But, you know, we knew why... Uh, I mean, it's not like, uh, Mula, uh, I mean, uh, Nitish did not know about Lalu's I mean, he corruption. Was a, he was a freaking convicted politician, yeah, politician in 2015. So that is rubbish. No, no, that's rubbish. The thing is that unnatural alliances cannot work. They won't. And they won't. Unnatural, SP, BSP is an unnatural alliance. Like the, uh, in... Um, uh, Tamil Nadu, uh, DMK and AI ADMK is an unnatural alliance. So these alliances will not work no matter what happens. Huh, absolutely. And then then whether we like it or not, the fact of the matter is that there is that caste angle at play also. It is. In UP, of course there is. And you have the competing caste vote banks. Yeah. Yeah, Ram, you were saying something? And these two parties have nurtured a different vote bank over these years. And that's how they are in power. That is what the 95 violence was rooted in. in. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was making a larger point on Rajya Sabha per se, right? So, yeah. supposed to be a council of states and it's supposed to represent the voices of states. Now, look at how lopsided it is. So, Congress has no presence in, you know, in, in many states, barring Punjab and Karnataka, yeah. and they have such a large voice in Rajya Sabha. Yeah. And I think because of this, because of this lag in this election, right? Yeah. We have this situation where People have spoken and their voice is heard six years later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. It's, it's such a ridiculous situation. No, no, I, the, 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 the Punjab and Karnataka is one thing. The current Rajya Sabha member of parliament from Assam include Manmohan Singh and Sanjay Singh. <laughs> right? Seriously. So, yeah. and, and about, if you go to... their voices. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, our dead voice is being heard. And my favorite is... And my favorite is from Maharashtra, Congress has nominated their two tallest Maharashtra leaders, P. Chidambaram and Kumar Ketkar. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I was like, you can... Ketkar was a very interesting to me. Huh? And I think... It's a calibrated one where they decided that. No, no, you have to understand. Struggling on the ground. Yeah. He's he's the only party can only be kept alive. He's the only party can only be kept 
मॉडल वर्थ you know having yeah. and when and and, uh, and uh, this is an interesting point because i have uh, t- you know abhi one 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 nation one election ki baat ho rahi hai i think that's that's a ridiculous idea what i think india sh- needs to move towards is something what happens in us ki all elections happen on one date yeah everywhere and uh, that could be so you could have five states being voted at this and if you lose a government or if there is there is a president's rule till that year that day yeah. whatever pre decided date is election sab jagah ek hi hoga so counting is one day and this is one day i agree but but anyways i want to move to a, a larger question of uh, andhra pradesh oh. um, ram but one one small point i need to make and this is something i made on twitter i am no fan of naresh agarwal being in bjp i have said that on numerous occasions and stuff but when people and journalists give me this virtual virtuous bangham about you know uh, saying this i did not find them questioning the congress on gulam nabi azad for his I'm one i'm glad you brought that up one rajya sabha seat in jammu and kashmir took the support of engineer rashid yes and he's a separatist, he's a politician. separatist politician and no one said anything about that I, five I, congress mlas he claims said that we accept we said that afzal guru's hanging was a mistake yeah you don't question him on that and these are the people who celebrate lalu prasad yadav yeah exactly exactly i, I think we have to understand that they're extremely thick skin they know all this yeah and it's all by design right so yeah. i think there is no Absolutely. Uh, Who was it? The other say yeah. he said with every conviction, Lalu Prasad Yadav is becoming even more darling of the uh, media. <laughs> media. <laughs> every conviction. <laughs> What I find bizarre is even the BJP is not talking about Gulam Nabi Azad as they should. Yeah, they they this. probably forgot. <laughs> like their spokesperson should talk about that. Yeah, I don't anyway. Uh, but anyways, um, uh, so Ram, I wanted to give our listeners a brief overview about the BJP and Andhra thing. What is happening? I read a radio piece on Swaraj, and it was a very good piece on it. Hmm. So, if you could just give a brief overview. Yeah. So, I think uh, one to my mind, the the current breakage, you know, of alliance is quite predictable. Hmm. Um, and this has been happening on and off. This is not the first time TDP has kind of broke up the alliance. It it does that, you know, time and again. If you are in kind of Muslim mode, but this time I think is different in the sense that. Uh, BJP is in obviously a spot of bother mm. because in 2014, both Mr. Modi and Mr. Venkatesh Naidu went and made promises on special status. Uh, after the election, Venkatesh Naidu went on a state tour. He was treated like you know a hero. So all of this is in you know public memory that BJP made this commitment on special status. Mm. Now. There are a lot of data points that suggest that you know Andhra is posted the highest growth in GDP. Mm. Uh, it has a lot of things going for it. Mm. The center have given them you know kind of a lot of funds, but these are all details which nobody is interested in. Mm. As far as people are concerned, you know, live and think in broad strokes. So people are kind of hanging on to this singular issue of special status, and no matter how you spin it, it's a very difficult kind of a set. Mm-hmm. Now. How? Why did Naidu stick? Right. So he has no, he had no choice but to stick because BJP didn't need him. Mm. So it 
makes sense for him to kind of stick with BJP for three, three and a half years, get the best he could. So he offered ministries to do BJP MLS in state. He also helped BJP in, you know, in sending some branches of MP. Mm. So he was obviously being nice, but obviously he was kind of preparing ground uh, for kind of a showdown. Mm. Now, Naidu this time also is becoming a little bit of populist, so he needs a lot of money for his loan waivers and so on and so forth. Mm. Now, why is he so desperate this time? It's mm. because if you look at the 2014 result, mm. it was actually a very, very narrow victory. Mm. Just six lakh votes across the state, in spite of Naidu doing everything, right? So he That's promised amazing. loan waivers, special status, mm. the BJP wave, Pawan Kalyan, who is Chiranjeevi's son and a really famous film star mm. on his side. So he threw everything at it and he won a narrow victory. Mm. So he knows that this is a difficult election. And now he has no choice but to kind of break this alliance mm. and kind of go separate ways. So obviously he's making BJP the enemy. Mm. The handicap BJP has now is that it has no prominent leader left in the state with uh, Venkai Naidu becoming the vice president. Yeah, and I think... There's no prominent voice. And uh, Purandeshwari is not pan-Andhra, right? Across. Sorry? I'm saying Purandeshwari is not a pan-Andhra leader. She only is a leader in pockets, uh, right? No, uh, I mean, not at all, actually. <laughs> okay. There are probably 10 leaders who can... Uh, and Naidu, I think, hates her, so I think she was... Again, kept in the, the cold storage. So yeah. There's no prominent voice. BJP has to explain the point of view. Mm. Uh, they are losing the narrative on the ground, mm. and a lot of people may not know this. All the media is actually indirectly or directly owned by people. So, Ninadu, yeah. the family of Chandrababu Naidu, Sakshi is owned by Jagan. So, all the media is. Uh, so, therefore, this entire us versus them kind of narrative is being created. And somebody from the state presenting BJP's voice would have been nice, as opposed to kind of, you know, someone like, say, Amit Shah leading the charge. Mm. But having said that, one of the mistakes I think Congress made after the bifurcation is that they just ran away from the state. Mm. So both Rahul, Sonia never stepped into the state. They literally abandoned, and that meant that something like 150 of their candidates lost deposit out of 175. Mm -hmm. So it's got got washed out of the state. Uh, what is not happening this time is BJP kind of abandoning so I mean Shah is writing letters. Although Naidu is making this seem like a, an insult to Telugu people, but at least they are uh, then the fight. Mm. I I think to my mind BJP has been a big part, you know, kind of player with just three, four percent what here and there. Mm. And that's partly because they were always in this alliance. Mm. And this alliance, also, a lot of people don't realize, was that they were a very small part of this alliance, right? So think of it as a ten percent player in this mm. in this alliance. So, because of that, you know, you don't get a lot of character at you know the ground level. You don't get any of the big unsatisfied leaders from other parties to join you because in an alliance where you are such a small player, you have nothing going for you. And this entire inconsistency of joining the alliance breaking their limbs means that there's a little bit of credibility issue, right? So what happens if I join BJP this time? What if they get into an alliance with Naidu in, say, 2024 or mm -hmm. after 2019? Uh, these, these big leaders will become kind of, uh, you know... Interesting, uh, interesting. Consistent. Yeah, so this is a long-term view. But the cynical view I have, huh. which I think from a cynical from a state's perspective, is that I do not rule out either Naidu or Jagan, or even both supporting BJP if it falls a little bit short of numbers in 2019, mm. after the mm. election. So I know, they, they are going to be like what SP, BSP was to Congress in 2009, yeah. whenever you need the help, one of them will mm. come and support that. I, I agree with you. Um, only thing I find it difficult to believe, and uh, our own columnist Sudhir Kumar has written a phenomenal uh, series? series on Andhra, and he's writing more. So you'll be, and he'll be probably on the Mind Podcast in a few weeks as well, yeah. to give you an on-the-ground report as well, to corroborate what Ram was saying, and then, you know, he, his pieces actually do corroborate what it, Ram is yeah, saying. Yeah, what Ram is 
was saying is uh, yeah and and uh, i thought ram's speech was very insightful i think the major issue is also i don't personally see bjp going to the 1998 levels uh, of vote where they got 20% vote in undivided andhra pradesh in the mm-hmm. lok sabha but then kind of botched it up with the alliance with chandra babu naidu but they will get a little bit of a spike in lok sabha but you might see a very interesting uh, tag because andhra votes uh, together on lok sabha and uh, vidhan sabha you might find bjp doing a little better in lok sabha than they would in vidhan sabha so that's probably remains to be seen yeah they would again again this is not a great year to test the strength mm. we have to see how the narrative kind of pans out mm. if if it becomes very very anti bjp and anti mr yeah. modi mm. then again you might kind of see a drop the other thing is that bjp always had a slightly better organization in telangana mm. right as opposed to the simandra side of things Hmm. So even in the twenty percent vote, you have to count like a lot of votes from you know Hyderabad, ah, especially the Secunderabad area. Yeah, yeah Secunderabad area. Uh, even when BJP had two MPs, one of them was from Anmukunda. So yeah. uh, they're all in Telangana. There is also a history of Naxals and Dharas and so on and so forth. So I think there are slightly better organization, better leadership there. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, and one one question I, that I had for you was. was basically uh, uh what what do you think in terms of uh, uh, uh bjp's chances for uh, 2019 where do you think they have a better chance for MP, like getting more mps is it andhra or telangana or neither or well i mean actually it's a, it came out weirdly what i meant was between the two states what do you think they have a chance or do you think in both states they don't have a chance the chances maybe is slightly better in in telangana but my point is that i think their battles are elsewhere mm. so if they fall a little bit short mm. don't be surprised if trs supports bjp mm. don't be surprised if naidu comes back don't mm. be surprised if jagan comes back yeah um, so i think i think the battles are like if they get their act in up mp gujarat so to my mind this is lesser of a, a problem of an issue. They, they only had about yeah. three four mps from uh, andhra and telangana together anyways so um, yeah i think they just like it better in telangana but uh, i i think there are crossroads and to my mind they have to make this big and, decision no and i was joking with they're going to be a and i was joking with a friend from hyderabad that where where the andhra pradesh unit might be a little miffed with tdp from leaving i think the telangana unit is probably happy that they don't have to ally with tdp because they have a better chance if they go alone yeah yeah i think they had already called up the alliance you know tdp as such has become weak so there is a little bit of vacuum in telangana right so ah. congress didn't get washed out Mm. Uh, TDP is not going to survive there, mm, mm. so there's a little bit of vacuum in Telangana for BJP to make something out uh, of things there. Yeah, but that vacuum doesn't exist in Andhra. But in Andhra, I think BJP has to take a decision once and for all whether they're going to be a small player mm. or whether they're going to and play this long term. They need game, local leaders. Similar things I like I find from Maharashtra also that Fadnavis is emerging as the. Quote unquote leader politician, but BJP needs to give him more prominence or something in the local issues. That's what people were saying. But anyways, um, that all remains to be seen. But um, it's been a fascinating conversation, Ram. Before we uh, let you go, though, uh, we want uh, we'll go to our favorite part, the recommendations. So before I go to Ram Sunanda, do you have any recommendations? You know, a very talented actor passed away. This week, Narendra Jha in last uh, week. I thought last we, week uh, we didn't talk about. No, him, we did. No. I, no. I mentioned him. No, I, I thought. <coughs> no, we okay. we missed men, okay. uh, talking to him. I think you and I talked about it, but we uh, missed um, mentioning him that he was a phenomenal actor in um, Hindi cinema, yeah. and uh, he did not have any um, roles as in he was not a leading man or anything. But his whatever work he did was phenomenal so i watched a interview with him on rajya sabha tv and that's why sometimes you think you need this um, state broadcast um, thing yeah. because uh, you know no other um, channel is going to interview these uh, phenomenal actors so i watched his interview with uh, irfan guftugu uh, mm. and watched that you know he has a very good perspective about acting he died all of 50 years old i mean he had a massive um, cardiac arrest um but do watch his uh, views about cinema his views about his very very cerebral actor very very cerebral actor 
so do watch his uh, interview on rajya sabha tv about um, and you know it was surreal to see him right there the interview was just on last year and suddenly he's no more he looks so young and he's no more but uh, that's mm. life uh, but that was my homage and tribute to narendra jha Mm, absolutely yeah. um your uh, recommendation this week ram what you know spot people that no no i was joking to people that because of all my travel i'm down to movies that are four or ten four on ten rating so, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i saw the movies the shape of water on a, on a small screen other hmm. uh, you know fascinating movie i'm sure a lot of people would have seen it but i think uh, that would be my recommendation uh, it's a little bit weird it's a little bit weird in parts but oh. overall kind of worth a watch ah, yeah. very interesting between um, the especially the camaraderie between the alien and the actress i haven't seen it so but yeah. and and it's interesting owing to travel even i managed to watch a, a, a fascinating movie that won at the oscars uh, last week which is uh, three billboards outside ebbing missouri and i yeah, it's a lovely movie it's a lovely movie the the way it's written it's written so well it's almost the tone is almost quasi black humor and um yeah it is yeah. yeah but but it makes some phenomenal points and um and and, I, and a lot of people were on the fence about the ending i absolutely loved it because it's it yeah. it, it goes between that uh, you know do you want to do what is morally right or do you want to do something that's legally right yeah. and it goes between them yeah. so and of course uh, woody harrelson was phenomenal but sam rockwell who got the uh, best supporting actor his the way his character moves i mean it was just amazing in that thing so uh, watch that another thing i watched and uh, i would like people to watch is um, uh, a show on netflix called dirty money which i may have recommended earlier but i watched that episode about hsbc and uh, it sank yeah it's where uh, the us government imposed fines but they said that there was no criminal charges and that was inc- and this was uh, during a democrat administration by the way and the two people i think loretta lynch and someone else and i think loretta lynch made uh, was made the uh, attorney general mm-hmm. and on the documentary they actually said a very interesting things that eric holder or something who was the attorney general actually was in a law firm that represents a lot of banks or something pehle hi aisa kuch there is some weird connection and elizabeth warren who is a democratic senator he came out she came out criticizing ke why are there no no prosecutions like criminal charges Which is wow. being filed on people. Where is only penalties, right? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. In fact, yeah. Okay. Even the other episode in Dirty Money that talks about Volkswagen. Oh, that again, is fascinating. Uh, yeah. Again, the government is not going after them in Europe, so. They have state sanction for all practical purposes. What, what you said about uh, Rajya Sabha TV, so it's very interesting. I don't see these episodes coming uh, on TV channels mm. because they would be sponsored by uh, Volkswagen and HSBC in segments. So yeah. They would not do this. Yeah. So Netflix, which is kind of self-funded and stuff, would do these. And these are phenomenal documentaries. Yeah. One of the things. So, anyways, but uh, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast, Ram. It was a great discussion. and thank you for inviting me and you hope you. to have you back soon so thank you uh, and uh, for all our listeners we'll be back next week with uh, more fun discussions thank you guys